Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Driver is uh, showing some obscure driving, possibly intoxicated. You want to place your vehicle in the park and go ahead and turn it off for me? What's your guys' names? Gabby. I'm Brian. Gabby, Brian, okay. What's going on? How come you're crying? I'm just crying. We've just been fighting this morning. Some personal issues. I was distracting him from driving. I'm sorry. Can I get you to step out of the vehicle for me? Yeah. Just hang tight right there. Um, do you mind if I take your keys and just put them on your hood? Yeah, I'm so Thank sorry. Thank you. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. It's a murder mystery that has divided America, pitted armchair sleuths against seasoned detectives and turned a spotlight on how the media treats victims of crime. The case of 22-year-old tragic YouTuber Gabby Petito and her fiancé Brian Laundry who went missing weeks after returning home alone from their camper van road trip, has turned both into the internet sensations they dreamed of becoming, but at the ultimate price. Today, I'm talking to senior news reporter Natalie Musumichi from Insider.com, who's been covering the extraordinary case, which is being followed by millions worldwide. She tells me about the lonely campsite where Gabby's remains were found, the croc-infested Florida swamp where Laundry's parents claim he was last headed, and the debate raging across the US about why their story is news. This is Crime World Extra, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Um, Natalie, there's there's a lot of talk uh, of this Gabby Petito case being the ultimate sort of missing white woman syndrome. Um, 
you know, we might come to that. But in a way, the story itself is 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 way more than that. I mean, it's an incredible story where you have a situation where an army of of people who follow these online sites have been literally brought almost to the scene of a crime. You know, from her social media presence, they've literally been brought step by step until the moment she disappears. Um, But at the heart of it, I suppose, for a journalist like you and I is a victim and, you know, a mysterious death. And most importantly, the, the task of separating facts and fiction. So if we if we start really at the beginning and maybe you can tell me who is Gabby Petito and what adventure did she set out on in July? Yeah, so Gabby Petito, um, 22-year-old girl from Long Island in New York. Um, she was living in Florida with her boyfriend, uh, with her fiance, uh, Brian Laundrie. These two have been together uh, before they set out on this adventure out west to national parks uh, on a cross-country road trip uh, throughout the U.S. They were engaged um, and they were together for two years. Um, And, you know, they had this dream to, to go on this van life adventure Um, very ambitious adventure out West, you know, where they slept in the van, they cooked in the van. Um, And, you know, all while documenting this journey on social media uh, for, for everybody to see, they posted where they stopped in different national parks in Colorado and Utah. Um, And at some point on this trip, things go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, now, flash forward to September 1st, you know, her fiance, Brian Laundrie, returns to their home in Florida with the van they were traveling in and without Gabby. And, um, you know, that's peculiar in and of itself. And right away, you know, the parents, they didn't speak to, they didn't speak to authorities. Brian didn't speak to authorities. Um and the parent, the family of Gabby, they tried to, they, they say that they tried to reach the family. Um, you know, they tried to, to reach out to them, text, text them, call them. Hey, we haven't heard, they haven't heard from their daughter since late August. So, and it's in late August where authorities believe Gabby Petito was killed. Um, and, you know, September 11th comes and the family reports her missing. Um... And then you flash forward to September 19th and her body is found in a national forest in Wyoming. Now, before they set off on this journey, this young couple, how popular, have you any idea, were they on social media? Were they kind of proper influencers or did they have a big following or were they hoping to grow it? I wouldn't say they had a major following. I mean, she, Gabby Petito was an aspiring influencer on social media. I would say aspiring. Um, you know, I, I'm not too sure of exactly how many followers they had when, you know, when they first started and all was well. I mean, now their following has exploded, um, in the millions, um, you know, now, but, 
you know, before Gabby, you know, when they were on this trip, they actually launched a YouTube channel called Nomadic Static. And in this YouTube channel, they only they only uploaded one video, an eight minute video. And it was about their journey out west. A lot of actually great footage on this video. Looks like they used a drone to capture from above. Really great aerial shots. On this video, you see the couple smiling, laughing, hanging out. At one point, Gabby Petito looks into the camera and she says, I love the van. You know, like, after this all happened, people got a chance to really see into their life and how they were doing this trip. And I think that's really one of the major reasons why this case has resonated with people. And um, it began in July. Um, they, This pair had been high school sweethearts, is that right? And then they had sort of, he'd, he'd moved to Florida and she'd followed him? They met in high school. Um, they didn't start dating in high school. They had only been dating, you know, she's 22, he's 23. They had only been dating for about the past two and a half years. So they reconnected at some point after high school. Um, and yes, yeah, she was living in Florida with Brian and his parents in the same home. Mm. So now they headed towards these national parks and America's vast and my geography isn't particularly amazing on it. But when I tried to consider her being from New York, him being from Florida and Wyoming is quite a distance in a van. So you're kind of taking in quite a few states and areas of interest for this story, I suppose, or places of interest. Um, the One of the significant pieces of social media footage that I think has been, in actual fact, I just had a quick look before we come on here and there's 13 million people have watched it on YouTube now at this stage, um, is this moment that she they're pulled in by police in Utah and she seems very upset and she gets out of the, the, the van. Um, we'll have a, just a quick listen to it and maybe then you can, you can tell me what's happening here. What do you do for a living? Um, well, I, I hate to forget an organic juice bar, but I just hit my dog... Okay. I was a nutritionist. That's oh, right. Okay. That was my That's job. Cool. I just um, I got to travel across the country and I'm trying to start a blog. Okay. I have a blog. So, so I've been building my website. So I've been really stressed. And he doesn't really believe that I could do any of it. So that's kind of been like a, I don't know. He's like, in, down there. I don't know. We would have been fighting all morning. And, and he wouldn't let me in the car before. And then Why I, wouldn't he let you in the car? Because <laughs> you told me of your OCD? Told me Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm perfectly calm. I'm calm all the time. And he really stresses me out. And I just, and this is a rough morning. Well, why don't we do this? Why don't I sit you down in the back seat of my car? You're not in any trouble. Okay? <laughs> I'm not going to be putting handcuffs on you. You obviously don't have any weapons. I'm going to get you into the air conditioning, let you take a breath, relax a little bit. And then I'll come back and talk to you in a few minutes, okay? Okay. All righty. So, Natalie, the state trooper, the police officer, obviously realizes she's very upset and quizzes her a little bit about it. What should they have done or should they have done any more than they did? Or, you know, they, the two of them just sort of, they saw it as a possible domestic abuse incident, but they didn't really do much about it, did they? 
Well, no. What they did was um, they recommended that Gabby and Brian actually spend the night apart, which they did. Um, and, you know, police, they, they describe in, in their police report and also according to the police body camera footage that was released that actually it was Gabby they determined to be the aggressor in the situation. Uh, they actually, according to the police body camera footage, they considered charging her um, uh, with... Um, uh, I forget if it was domestic assault, but they considered charging her in this case, but they chose not to because Gabby and Brian, they both told police that it was actually Gabby who hit him. Uh, they had an argument that resulted in her slapping him. Um, Gabby said that she did not intend to hurt Brian and that they're in love and that they're engaged and they didn't, um, they didn't, they didn't want to, she didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to press charges. And, you know, police also corroborated this with a witness account. Um, a witness told police that, yes, they, they saw Gabby hitting Brian. Now, it later comes out that an initial 911 call placed, um, a, a witness there reported that a man was hitting the woman in reference to the same exact incident with Gabby and Brian. Mm -hmm. So right now where we are at with that is the uh, Moab Police Department that responded to this call. The The case is actually, you know, under investigation by the city of Moab, Utah, of how the department handled this call. Mm -hmm. You know, they said that um, not, there was no wrongdoing that they could point out right now, but it's under investigation. And not to make light of the situation, but in fairness to them, I mean, a couple having a bit of a lover's tiff. I mean, they were living in the confines of a van. I'm not particularly sure there is a human being on this earth that I could live in a van with for any period of time without it maybe getting a little bit fraught. So you can kind of understand how they, they, they felt that that's, you know, this is what was happening. Nonetheless, on the 19th of August, I think this is when they upload this video, is it, that you've spoken about to their YouTube channel, this eight minute video. They look very happy. They're playing up to the cameras, obviously. Is that the last we, or anybody heard of Gabby or did she, did she make contact with her family after that? Um, no, yeah, she, she did make contact with her family after that. Um, you know, she was last, um, you know, she was last seen leaving a, a hotel um, with Brian in Utah, in Salt Lake City, on um, August 24th. Um, you know, she, she kept, her family says that every three days she really, you know, they heard from her pretty much every three days since she set out on this trip on July 2nd. Um, you know, the, the last time she posted on social media was August 25th. Um, and, you know, her family, they say that they received a text message from her phone on August 27th. Um, we know this from search warrants, um, you know, that have been released now that uh, the mom says that she received an odd text. And it was, you know, she, she doesn't really she doesn't believe that um, Gabby actually sent that message because it was a, referring to Gabby's grandfather. And she was calling him by the name Stan in the text message, which struck the mother as odd. Um, and. 
That's in the search warrants. They say that's the last text message that the family received from her phone. Uh, the Petito family lawyer has actually told me, though, that the last text message was on August 30th. And the text message read, no service in Yosemite. And that was it. And the mom thought that was, uh, the mom does not believe that Gabby sent that text message. So from sightings of her and from actual, whatever can be said to be factual, because presumably her phone may have continued moving after she stopped, um, they got as far as this Wyoming Bridger Telon National Park. Can you describe that for us? Is it kind of like at this time of year, is it is there a lot of holidaymakers there or is it is it very isolated? Um, well, actually the part that her body was found in is actually a pretty remote campsite in that park. Um, I'm not too sure how crowded it gets in general. I just know that that campsite where she was found um, was a pretty remote area. Uh, you don't know, you don't have that many people going through the area. Um, but actually a, a family uh, who was happened to be going through the area around the same time. And now they're getting a lot of, um, you know, recognition for this, that, you know, they, they took a video and they claim that they actually saw the van um, that Gabby and Brian were driving in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people mm-hmm. have been, you know, looking at that video and trying to figure out if that's actually their van. The van, yeah. And this is where our armchair sleuths have come into it. Um, so now she goes missing. The family report her missing. Her her remains are found. But this is what you described to me as a homicide investigation, which doesn't necessarily mean a murder has been committed. So have they got no results? Is there, are they expecting to get results of the cause of death or is has there been uh, has the body been left in the open for too long? No, I mean they're still going to be pervo- performing more um, autopsy tests on the body to determine a cause of death. So at this point, the the coroner's initial findings um, is a, a homicide. That's the manner of death, um, and you know just. More has to be done. More tests have to be done. We just don't know at this point. Um, Brian, though, is named a person of interest in connection to Gabby's disappearance and now her death. And of course, he's missing too. And supposedly in, in Florida, in swamplands have been searched for the last couple of weeks, which has made the story even more sensational, really. Um, just tell me a little bit about that and what his parents have told police. Yeah, so his family reported him missing to police on September 17th. They told police that he went out for a hike at a nearby uh, nature reserve by their house. It's almost 20 miles away from their house in Florida. Three, uh, They say that he went out three days earlier um, and he only left with a backpack and he never returned home. And this reserve, it's a 25,000 acre reserve. Uh, police say it is infested with alligators and poisonous snakes. And it's a, it's a very swampy area. Most of it is covered in water. They have been searching it. Authorities have been searching this area for more than a week and have not turned up any signs of Brian. And that's where we're at at this point. Um, they They don't know where he is at this point. And his lawyer, his lawyer tells me that he left the home without a cell phone, without a wallet, and has no known 
means of communication. Would it be normal to go walking in an alligator swamp or was it actually a, an area, a hiker's area? It sounds very uh, Yeah, it looks, some, some people do go in there to take walks. I mean, it is a nature preserve, wildlife uh, preserve, but I mean, you know, it's uh, it's certainly not a place that you're going to be hiding out in for this long and not be found. And in, in, the, in between... Um, Gabby's body being discovered, her remains being discovered and him going on this hike. Had anyone spoken to him or had he been, you know, or any friends of his? Had any, he met any friends? How was he behaving? Do you have any idea? No. Um, you know, he, he quickly, when he returned home and Gabby was, uh, Gabby was reported missing, he quickly retained an attorney refused to speak to authorities when they showed up at his home and he has remained tight-lipped ever since then. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we don't have a clue, you know, where he is, but uh, I was listening to some news reports today. We were just talking about them, about uh, experts in that kind of area were saying, you know, should a body, should anything happen to somebody, the body would probably show up and that they'd see these birds of prey or various other animals. It sounds like a very frightening place, to be honest, which to go for a walk. But anyway, um, so, you know, there's sort of experts been brought out to give their opinions on all sorts of areas of this case, which makes it even more unusual. But as a journalist and, and like in the beginning, I did sort of, you know, I have looked at this sort of missing white woman syndrome. And I do think that, you know, we are very guilty of it as a media, throwing more um, attention on certain cases than others. Certain murders seem to be more important or have this kind of like crass X factor type thing. But I think there's more to this case. I don't think it's just that. I think the social media element has made it so hugely popular. Um, the funeral video today, I just had a quick look, has had 590,000 clicks on it, people watching her funeral. If you if you type in Gabby's name on the internet, you get 76 million hits. So, you know, it is a sort of a, it's the ultimate social media story, as well as her being that classic white victim. Um, how is the debate going on in the US about all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this case has really struck up a whole other conversation of, you know, uh, critics say that it really has highlighted the racial disparities in news coverage around missing women of color um, that, you know, they don't get the same attention as as a case like this one does, Um, you know. The, in the state where Gabby's body was found in Wyoming, in the last decade, over 700 indigenous people have gone missing. Um, 85% of them were children, but this is not a statistic that gets, you know, publicized. Um, and people have been really pointing to that um, at this point, you know, and in, in the media coverage of this since it has just exploded, the coverage of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all over the national headlines. And the 
I mean, have you looked at some of the TikTok stuff? Yeah, some of it. Um, it's really very strange. Yes, there's um, a lot of people on uh, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, really trying to play the role of these armchair detectives, really trying to figure out, they're trying to solve this case. They're trying to solve the case, but some of the stuff I saw as well, they're they're putting on that weird music in the background and sort of doing these dances, certainly on the TikTok. I mean, look... Any missing case or murder does kind of attract some kind of, often some oddballs, shall we say. So I suppose this is it multiplied by, with the droves, with, with, with the interest in it across the States and indeed across the world. Um, Natalie, what happens next with the story? You're covering it. Like, where is it going next? Is the me- Is the next big factual point of it going to be the cause of death, possibly? Yes, um, we're, you know, that's going to, that's definitely something to be looking out for the cause of death. And the obvious here, where is Brian? Are they ever going to find him? Um, And uh, will, you know, the cause of death and then will any other charges come come down against Brian? Because at this point, you know, a federal uh, court in Wyoming last week actually issued a warrant for his arrest in connection to this case. Um, It has nothing to do with with her death at this point. The charges have to do with bank fraud, that he used a debit card uh, following her death. Uh, He's, you know, uh, this court is alleging that he fraudulently used a Capital One debit card um, and spent at least $1,000 on it following Gabby's death. And I suppose really when you think about it, what you have is from the social media, you have a very clear timeline leading up to her disappearance. But what's happened after that is very unclear. So you're just beginning to get the date he came back to his house, the date he went on this walk or so his parents say, and the use of those bank cards. Presumably the phone will throw up more information about where the phone was moving, her phone and and his. Is there, do you get information like that from, from the police? Yeah, um, you know, the police have said, you know, they have, uh, I mean, right now the police, they have the van. They have already seized the van they were in. Um, So they have that. We don't really, it's not too clear whose phones they have. I mean, we do know that Brian left without his phone. So I, I really don't even know if the police actually have his phone at this point. What we do know is the FBI has raided the laundry family's home. They have, you know, they were seen carrying out boxes and boxes of potential evidence. They had a computer hard drive. So, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what this investigation turns up. It sounds like you're going to be on it for some time. Just finally, I'd ask you, um, and maybe you don't know anything about them, but what about that laundry family? Is there much about their background? What do they do? Are they, what's, you know, are they... Are they sort of middle-class working people or? You know, there's really hasn't been too much out there about um, the parents. Um, What we do know for certain is that the parents, you know, they were living in this Florida home with their son and and with Gabby. So, you know, I can't even imagine what they were thinking when their son turned up home from this cross country road trip that he went on with his fiance without her. Mm-hmm. Pretty, it's a pretty bizarre story. Yeah, no, it's certainly. I mean, look in in, in journalism, 
no two stories are the same, but I'm sure this has been one of the one of the more fascinating ones you've been on in, in recent times. Certainly. Listen, Natalie, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.